views expressed on this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of this station, its management, or other advertisers. You're listening to Transformation Talk Radio. Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Demartini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show that's coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody. Welcome. Hey, I hope everybody got... uh... Had a great, great weekend. Had a lot of fun out there doing what you do. I know that uh, we've been excited. Started thinking, what long weekend? Because I don't live over there in the United States. Well, I hope you had a great weekend anyway. And I hope you enjoyed your yesterday, whatever that looked like. It looks like for you. Today, we get to enjoy the moment that we're in. And I get to chat about something I love to chat about. But before I do, I say hi to Mr. B. Hi, Mr. B. Have a good weekend. I did, and happy after Labor Day. Hope you're not wearing your white. No. No, we don't do that anymore. Good. That's good to know. Yeah. 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 I think that the issue we run into here in the Pacific Northwest is that we have some other guidelines. So, for example... (laughs) When most people now are putting away their sandals uh-huh. and, you know, like that, we're just getting socks out and wearing the socks with our sandals. Yeah, right. We're sandals and socks people around here. That's, uh, that is right. I forgot uh, the company's name. Uh, I think that's uh, Northwestern or number 46, I that's believe, or something like that. Right. So anywhere else, pretty much, you know, except if you're living in California, your sandal wear all year round. But if you're listening and you're looking at WBLQ, uh, and our folks in Rhode Island over there, uh, Connecticut, New York, you're thinking, ah, oh, we've got a few more days of summer. It's not quite as cool as it's been here with us. But I got to tell you, I pull my socks out. That's it. Pull my socks out. Had to do it. Uh, <clears throat> we have a great show. Uh, for those of you out there, let me just say this. Uh, you've heard me talk about my childhood and heard me talk about how fascinated I was growing up with the monsters of my generation. As a matter of fact, so much so that even today, the world I live in, I am hard-pressed to find any one of my friends to actually go to the movies with me. And so the question is, well, why is that? You know, what is it about my fascination with monsters, uh, as we call them, you know, that guided me as a young child? Um, I will tell you that, you know, when I was seriously young, I spent many Saturdays, at the time it didn't cost a lot to go to the movies, but I spent many Saturdays watching movie after movie. I spent many weekdays and weekends watching these old reruns of some of the most incredible, incredible monsters of that era. Fast forward to where we are, we've modernized them, we've changed them a bit, But I am eager to talk with Linda Godfrey today about her book, American Monsters, to really find out what our fascination is. They have not gone away. You know, a fad which many people thought 
when those movies were made in black and white, Dracula, Bella Lugosi, Lon Chaney Jr. I mean, I could go on. Even Abbott and Costello played in some of those movies. And then you fast forward to more sophisticated looks at things. You know, what is it with our fascination? Even today, it is hard to turn on a television series. And by the way, hit television series that isn't about vampires, monsters, some kind of, and, and talk about the occult. Holy cow, could you think that American Horror Story could have won any more Emmy Awards? Somebody is tuning in. Well, Linda is America's foremost authority of modern-day werewolves, one of my favorite. You know, she is the author of over a dozen books on werewolf hauntings and paranormal, including Real Wolfman, uh, although I would say Jeff Nicholson thinks he is, True Encounters in Modern America and, and Weird Michigan. But today, guess what? American Monsters. A History of Monster Lore, Legends, and Sightings in America. Do you think it's all our imagination? Do you think it's Memorex? Or do you think there really is some meat on the monster bone? Linda, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm very honored to be on your show today, Dr. Pat. I'm so glad that, you know, I wish I had your job. Uh, Pardon? I oh, thought, my job? <laughs> I wish I had your job. I mean, I thought to myself... Oh, my gosh. With, with the fascinations at a very young age I had with um, what we're calling here monsters, right? And in this book, American Monsters, my fascination was with just about every kind of fantasy figure that I could put myself in front of as a kid growing up that never changed. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, you know, people would say to me, well, is that because you were born in the Bronx and you had a rough childhood? And I thought, I don't know. Or is it just something in us that is so fascinated with American monsters and their journey? Which is it, Linda? Well, I do think that there is a lot of cultural influence out there today that can't help but have some impact. However, you know, this isn't something that started with the 1930s monster movies. This is something that if you go back to the very earliest Paleo-Indians, the very earliest uh, Celtic societies, the very earliest in Sumeria, you know, and, and uh, uh, Mesopotamia, Africa, what you find are depictions of fantastical creatures that people have put on rock walls or made little sculptures of or whatever. You find very ancient birdmen, um upright wolves, all, all sorts of strange creatures that tells you that people at least had this concept, you know, uh, many, many, many untold thousands of years ago, millennia. And we can't today exactly interpret what these artworks meant to them. You know, right. they, they might have been slightly different, but what we can say is no matter what they were thinking about them, no matter what they were believing about them, they had that same idea. You know, they somehow got that notion of creatures that sometimes were part human, seemed to be part human, that were more over and above the natural animals that surround us in, in the natural a- animal kingdom, and that they considered them important enough to memorialize them on, you know, these um, artworks. Because, you know, the, the ancient works weren't, 
usually trivial graffiti as far as our archaeologists and anthropologists can tell. You know, they they think that they always have some sort of higher meaning, whether it's as a symbol for good hunting or some kind of message to the gods or um, putting down the things in stone, just the things that are really important to them. You know, we, we know that they had this idea and that it was important to them in some way. And so I don't find it at all surprising that, um, you know, even as industrialized and apart from nature as we have become, um, we seem to have this this attunement to yeah. fantastical creatures. You know, that's the same. And whether we bring these uh, creatures to ourselves in also an industrial way by creating our own film versions of them, or we encounter them out in the wild, um, they haven't gone away. You know, it's interesting. I, I mean, I want to just talk with you. I mean, I said to you, there, you know, before we came on air, I, I said, oh, my gosh, I would love to have your job. Because this is the world you live in. You live in the world of let me let me find out what is really going on there. You know, let me find out what is happening. But I guess the question that I want to ask you is there's usually something behind, you know, somebody's passion. What was it that got you pointed in this direction? Well, I, I think I was born fatally curious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and also... Um, my dad was a science fiction fan. Um, he'd had what he thought was a minor UFO experience living up in northern Wisconsin when a truck he was riding in was followed by what they thought was a UFO. It was a really weird, weird light. And there have been lots of sightings up around in that area. So it's possible that it was. But So I grew up with um, all of these science fiction magazines and and also the men's magazines that had I Saw Bigfoot, you know, that kind of thing. So yeah. I was somewhat acquainted with this stuff. We also lived in a 100-year-old house that um, I think had some haunted aspects to it that made me kind of curious. And on top of that, I was a voracious reader, and I loved anything that was, you know, and they didn't have the fantasy literature for kids then that they do now, but... I found all of the fairy tale books and the Tarzan books, those sorts of things, and just love them. And the Saturday afternoon B or C movies of, you know, yeah. the, the uh, very creaky Godzillas and, and all those same sorts of things. I, I loved those, too. So I always yeah. had I always had the interest, and, and I kind of carried that on um, because my I, I, I've always been, I was raised Lutheran, I'm still Lutheran, very, very um, staunch Lutheran Christian, yeah. but... My minister would never answer my questions about these things in a way that was satisfactory to me. You know, he just really didn't want to talk about them. And and um, I could see that people were having experiences, and I wanted to find out what they were. And I just kind of quietly carried on my own little investigation um, really long before I really thought anybody else was doing it. I, I remember um, when the book, uh, psychic experiments in the Soviet Union, I think that was what it was, yeah. something like that was the title, came out. Um, I made my husband sit and try all these different little experiments with me. We were newlyweds, and I had a, a stack of colored construction paper in different colors, and um, we would sit, I'd spread them out on the table, and we'd practice, you know, trying to tell with our eyes shut just by, by touch what the color was. 
which wow. was one of the experiences. And we actually got kind of good at it. We we realized <laughs> that the color red felt rougher than the right. color blue, you know, wow. and it was it was something we were able to do, you know, and and um, I attended, you know, different different uh, conferences and and that sort of thing. Um, read the the Myra Shockley books in the seventies about uh, the exploring for the Yeti and that kind of thing too. Yeah. But I really wasn't. Um, it was always sort of a sideline, you know. I I have a degree in art education. Um, I've taught in schools. I was a reporter, and it wasn't something that was out there first and foremost at all until 1992 when I had really just started working for this newspaper in southeastern Wisconsin called The Week, and people around my hometown of Elkhorn started reporting that they were seeing what they called a werewolf, or they'd say, if there was such a thing as a werewolf, this is what it would look like, you know, it was five to seven feet tall, covered with shaggy fur, had the head of a wolf, pointy ears, walked on dog feet, but it walked upright or ran upright. Or they'd see it using its uh, kind of elongated paws to hold roadkill up to its face instead of, you know, how a dog usually eats. Just You know, they'll just stand over it on all fours and kind of tear the heck out of it. And it was freaking people out, and they were calling our county animal control officer and saying, I saw this thing. And when I found out that, you know, people will always say, well, you know, why did you write about that? You know, what made you think that was worth a newspaper story? Well, when you have a county official with a manila file folder marked werewolf, that's a story. <laughs> wow. You know, wow. You, have to, you have to write about that. My, my, I know. And, and I thought, at the time, I honestly was not thinking it was anything supernatural. Um, I thought it was perhaps some kind of, deformed wolf or some large unknown predator. Um, there are all kinds of predators that kind of track yeah. through Wisconsin on their way from Minnesota to uh, the, the Great Lakes areas. And I thought, if nothing else, you know, if it's a dangerous mm-hmm. predator, people have a right to know about it. And yes, if it turns right. out to be just folklore or campfire tales, well, then I think I'm, you know, folklore is usually something that, um, anthropologists and, and scholars want to preserve. And I thought, well, I'll, I'll um, have my shot at being one of the first to record some folklore in the making. And that was pretty cool. Yeah, it's very good. I'm telling you, what a life. You know, we're going to take a short break and we come back. Believe it or not, are you ready for this? You folks in uh, Washington State? That squash of Tacoma in the book. I'm not kidding. And although the state of Washington is really known for its strangeness of animals and numerous sightings and so forth and so on, I bet a bunch of you out here have not heard of that spot of Tacoma. When we come back, we're going to be talking with Linda about that and much more. Probably where you live, there has been something like this going on. And if you don't realize that, I'm sure you know and you think twice when somebody says to you, don't go in that part of the woods. Stay tuned. We'll be right back.
Would you like to be a question with anything that comes up in your body or mind? Would you like to become totally aware and begin to function as the conscious being you truly are? Join Access Certified Facilitator Glenna Rice every month for a live teleclass where you can ask all of your questions and learn to create change in any aspect of your life. Visit GlennaRice.com today to learn more and don't miss the next call. Join the questionable conversation today at GlennaRice.com. Tune in to The Jen Royster Show, intuitive guidance to inspire your life, each Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific and 11 a.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. This amazing show is an inspirational hour that will take you on an epic metaphysical journey to discover the spiritual approach to life's greatest challenges. Dr. Jen is an internationally known intuitive counselor, spiritual teacher, and energy healer. Call in for intuitive readings and visit jenroyster.com for more information. Galios miso dressings are delicious and made with only the finest, freshest, and all-natural ingredients. Galios miso dressings are low in fat, sugar, salt, and carbohydrates. They do not contain any artificial ingredients or any wheat, eggs, vegetable gums, or MSG. What they do contain is astonishing flavor and silky texture that can only come from using premium quality ingredients. Order online with free shipping at www.galeoscafe.com. That's G-A-L-E-O-S cafe.com. Called the Oprah of Radio by her listeners. Award-winning host Dr. Pat Basile is blowing the doors off of traditional talk radio. Get ready for an energizing delivery and powerful interviews with leaders in the field of human potential. Dr. Pat's fresh new perspective on living life full out has catapulted her show to the top of talk radio. Tune in and Dr. Pat will help you thrive instead of merely survive. Visit thedrpatshow.com. That's T-H-E-D-R-Patshow.com for listening times in your area. Psychic World, Wednesday, 8 p.m. Pacific, 11 p.m. Eastern with John G. Sutton. Featuring his special guest, Countess Torella, one of Britain's most respected psychic mediums, John is an internationally published author, poet, and professional clairvoyant. His best-selling books include Psychic Pets, featured with John on the Walt Disney Channel, Animal Planet. Currently, John is the feature editor of the monthly Psychic World, which is the UK's Journal of Spiritualism. He has over 30 years of experience working in the field of paranormal studies. Countess Torella has an incredible ability to visualize your future in a positive, passionate way. This show offers all listeners the chance to call in and speak directly to John or the amazing Countess Torella. You can ask your personal questions about love, career, money, relationships, or whatever is troubling you in this often difficult life. What dreams may come? Join John G. Sutton and Countess Torella to discover your answer. See www.psychicworld.net. Hey, everybody, welcome back. Very, very cool book, American Monsters. Thanks to Linda. Linda Godfrey joining me here today. A History of Monsters, Monster Lore, Legends, and Sightings in America. And I have to tell you, everybody, this book is jam-packed. I was so fascinated to read it. Uh, and there were a couple of things. Uh, actually, that is not true. There were many things in this book I had not heard about. And I was telling Linda, oh, my gosh, I wish I had your job. And, you know, just imagine that part of what you do or what you do for, for life is you are the person that gets to research this 
these phenomena, whether they were talking about UFOs, whether we're talking about backsquatch of Tacoma, that's Tacoma, Washington, just in case everybody's wondering out there, or if in the introduction you're talking about the rat sighting uh, in the elevators, I think, in New York. Whatever this is, these are documented events. These are things, Linda, that you have gone and somehow have captured. Whether you're talking about Devil's Lake in North Dakota or you're talking about, you know, Tacoma, this is really um, what you've done in this book is you take us on some very interesting journeys, you know, live accounts of what people have seen. Now, the Jersey Devil, Monster of the Pines, now, we could talk about what the Jersey Devil is or what it isn't, but I have to ask you this question. Whether it is rat, uh, bat squatch of Tacoma or the Jersey Devil, are there any of these that you have been most fascinated by? Meaning, like, if you've done this, like, for all your life, and now you've come across something, you're like, ooh, that's a good one. Well, that happens frequently. <laughs> it's, 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 it's very, very hard. It's very, very hard to pin one down. Um, they're actually, if we're talking about these flying bat-winged creatures with uh, furry hominid centers, um, as they call the bat squatch, uh, I do have to say that one that came to me right in Wisconsin, I think, was one of the very, very good examples because not only um, did it have a very compelling uh, entry case, but then I found quite a bit of, of surrounding evidence um, regarding it. So it was uh, strengthened a lot. But that's the one I call the man bat of lacrosse. Oh. And at this time, I wasn't even aware. I hooked it at the at the time. Uh, this is back in 1990, excuse me, 2000, 2006, it would have been, into 2007. And I connected it in my mind more with Mothman than with these Basquatches because I, ah. I just didn't really know about the Basquatch at the time, and I, I just hadn't, you know, ventured that in that direction. But I had a call from a man who was driving home at night. Uh, he and his 25-year-old son were both in a, a band together, and it wasn't the kind of band where they're just going and playing, playing music and drinking and that sort of thing. They were totally stone-sober driving home about 9 p.m. to their home outside of La Crosse when this giant bat-winged thing came swooping at their truck. And it was so wide that the wing spread was at least or, or greater than the width of their um, big old pickup truck, and they thought it was going to smash right into their windshield. And he, it looked like he drew a, a couple of very good sketches for me, and it looked like some kind of furry almost canine creature in the center that was about the size of a human with these bat-winged um, appendages on either side, and it was screaming so that he could see all of its fangs. And just when they thought it was going to smash into their windshield, it just lurched upward and sailed off into some trees, emitting this piercing shriek that made uh, it made the sun immediately sick on the spot, and it made the father sick, too. He was sick in bed for, like, two weeks, um, just from they thought the sound of that, that screech that they heard. And um, I was there to investigate in person um, not too long after it happened, a couple of weeks, I think, it took me to be able to hear about it and then get over there. And it was kind of weird because they pointed to where it had disappeared over these trees, 
and we did find uh, partially uh, mutilated, partially butchered deer carcass there, right in that spot where it wasn't visible from the road. Something had to drop it into these bushes. And it may have been part human, I mean, it may have been uh, partially scavenged by humans, or it may have been something that was a car hit. I, I don't mm-hmm. know how it got there. It wasn't mm-hmm. like it was ravaged by animals. But um, other people, after I made that public on my blog, I got letters from other people, one person saying they saw this thing in their backyard on their kid's swing set, um, and another one in the same location. And the interesting thing is that three days after this man had this sighting or occurrence, which is um, in all kinds of spiritual literature a significant um, number of days before something happens from a prophecy, um, Mm -hmm. there was another one of these unexplained drownings of young men in the, um, the Mississippi River right there in La Crosse. La Crosse is at the confluence of the Black and Mississippi Rivers. Oh. And, mm-hmm. and it was almost, it, it really just felt to me very similar to the Mothman in Point Pleasant, West Virginia, where um, a kind of similar flying feature kept appearing, and then the Point Pleasant Bridge went down, uh, and you know, a number of people were drowned and killed. It was a great tragedy. It was the Silver Bridge, I should say, uh, near Point Pleasant. And, oh, wow. Yeah, and so, you know, both of them seem to have this element. And there's nothing that you can pin down and say for sure. It, you know, and people will, skeptics will say, well, that's just coincidence that that right. happened and, and these creatures were there. But when it keeps happening time and time again and a pattern right. emerges, you know, then it gets harder and harder to pin things down to synchronicity. Yeah. and. I'm the type of investigator that the first thing I do is look for natural, probable causes. Because if you're not doing that, you're really not investigating. You have to look at all possibilities, whether the mundane or, um, you know, the farther out things, in, in my view, if, you, if you're not finding any answers in the mundane. But these things are very creepy, and yeah. they've appeared... They are. Yeah, they, they're, they've they're, appeared... They're, they're not, creepy is right. Yeah. I mean, what... What are they? You know, they, they remind some people of those flying monkeys in The Wizard of Oz, except they're more wolf-like than monkey-like. They've been seen over downtown Chicago by groups of people, um, as I tell in my book. Um, Tacoma, Washington has had uh, one of the original ones. That's, I think, where the original term right. was coined by a teenager who, right. who saw it when he was driving. And I actually spoke with the reporter that was um, the original breaker of that story, and he said he felt that the the uh, teen was very truthful and, and reliable at the time. He really didn't have any doubt that he was telling mm-hmm. uh, about something that he had seen. But they've yeah. seen, um, you know, as far east as, as in, across Pennsylvania has actually, and Ohio have quite a few of these sightings. Well, let's hold that thought for a minute. When we come back, I want to talk about this more, because, you know, there are some things that, um, you know, I'm kind of like you. I grew up in, in a very, very, I, I grew up in a very, very, very Catholic environment, but that did not stop me. Right. You, know, you know what I'm trying to say? Is yeah. I did not see a disconnect. Because no, on the either. one hand, yeah, on the one hand, I'm being taught and learning about believing and trusting in the invisible. On the right. other hand, you know, these things that we cannot see also become part of that. Let's take a short break. When we come back, Linda, we're going to talk more about this. You know, whether it is contradiction, whether it is fact, whether it is fiction, it's a question that really begs to be answered. 
Is it all part of an idea that nothing original is created, that we use what we know, what we've seen over generations, over DNA reconstruction? It is in our knowing. I'm going to talk to uh, Linda about this. we got a few more monsters I want to talk to her about. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with the show. What robs you of your energy and vitality? The weight gain that won't go away? Biochemical imbalances? Toxicity? Prolonged stress? Or maybe a trauma from a car accident or fall that damaged your nervous system? Call 866-499-7509 and talk to the doctors at Wellness One of Bellevue and Eastgate. They'll take the time to give you a free consultation to evaluate the health problems affecting you. Get your health and energy back. Call the doctors at Wellness One of Bellevue and Eastgate at 866-499-7509. Helia Sophie, sun wisdom for the crystal age. Learn how humanity can align with a solar stream of wisdom coming from the central sun and assist our gradual awakening. Discover how you can accelerate the dawning of a new solar worldview. Get a wider paradigm and prepare yourself for new levels of your own awakening. At MERU University, two days online, August 31st and September 7th. Helia Sophie, Sun Wisdom for the Crystal Age. Register at MERUUniversity.org. How confident do you feel about your retirement? It's never too early or too late to start thinking about your retirement. Ask Ameriprise Financial Advisor Jeff Packman about the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach. You and Jeff can break down retirement planning step-by-step to get to the real answers you need. In fact, 93% of clients who have had the Confident Retirement Approach conversation feel more confident about their retirement. Call Jeff Packman, Financial Advisor at 425-453-0272. Office is located at 601 108th Avenue Northeast, Suite 1800 in Bellevue, Washington 98004. Percentage based on Ameriprise Financial Confident Retirement Client Survey as of December 2013. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services Incorporated, a registered investment advisor. Ameriprise Financial Services Incorporated, member of FINRA and SIPC. Sky Siegel co-hosts one of today's most popular psychic shows, Angels and Answers, with Artie Hoffman as she communicates healing messages from the spirit world. These messages can be astounding, enlightening, and life-changing. Born with the God-given talent of inner guidance and the amazing ability to heal, Sky has healed thousands of people. Schedule a reading with Sky now. Call 908-500-1474 and visit skyofangels.com. Holistic Medical Center is where you find it all. A healthy space with doctors who care, see, and listen to the whole you. Hi, this is Dr. Darvish. If you have not found an answer to your chronic symptoms, you will find answers here at Holistic Medical Center. Our doctors find the root cause of your symptoms and guide your body towards healing naturally. We transform lives from within. Visit drdarvish.com or call 425-451-0404.
everybody. Welcome back. I got to have Linda Linda back. Uh, thanks for tuning in to the Dr. Pat Show. More about us, go to the drpatshow.com or go to transformationtalkradio.com. Uh, and I have, I have a trick question to ask uh, Linda here in a minute. Linda Godfrey, she is one of America's foremost experts on mystery creatures. I love that. Yeah, I grew up with them. I still live with them. As a matter of fact, they show up in everyday life. And it's really interesting what I'm discovering. If I find somebody in my circle that, for whatever reason, have a strange energy hit to them, Boy, I can kind of, re- re- I can equate that energy to one of the characters, perhaps, that Linda's written about in this book. But beyond all that, she is a fabulous author. Her books are phenomenal. You know, I want to introduce you to her, uh, you know, in, in a very interesting way. I want you to find out all about her, how to get a copy of her book, and we have an exclusive announcement. Linda, this is great. I hope you will come back because we're not even scratching the surface with this stuff. Oh, Tell no, folks how they on. can find out more about you and about your novel. Well, you can go to lindagodfrey.com. That's sort of my all-purpose blog. It's a WordPress blog. You can read about recent investigations and other announcements on the blog. And then you can also find a page for the creatures, and there's a page uh, more about me if you're interested in my biography and site, uh, excuse me, appearances and that sort of thing. And then there's a page called God Johnson, The Unforgiven Diary, which is all about my debut fantasy novel that is co-published with my New York agent. And it's the story of some rather ragtag, um, now-transformed gods that originally were the main gods of Egypt, but they've taken on other forms. And one has taken on the form of Abraham Lincoln because he thinks it will attract more disciples. And so this is the story of the, the disciple the disciple he manages to attract and what happens. And it does not have werewolves, but it does have sphinxes and dragons and mm-hmm. a few interesting things like that. So and it's 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 a lot of fun and you can find links to it um for any any type of e reader on that page. And it's going to be priced at ninety well it is right now, priced at ninety nine cents for the first month of the American Monsters book debut, so that'll be till the end of September. So you can Whoa. read it on any reader for 99 cents for the next month. Oh my gosh, this is so cool. You know, I wasn't joking, and uh, again, give out your website again, because I, I wasn't joking when I said to you that, you know, we live in an era now where talking about monsters, werewolves, and vampires is kind of like second nature for everybody. You know, we've even given them human names, right? You know, I don't ever remember the vampire having, like, a you know, a sexy name or being, like, part of, you know, some group of, uh, you know, werewolves living in Forks, Washington. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we've come a long way. Please tell folks your website again so we can kind of follow along with you. It's very simple. It's just Linda Godfrey, G-O-D-F-R-E-Y dot com, and you can find all the pages right there. Oh. I love it. I love it. Let's talk a bit, if we could, about, you know, th- there is a fascination. And, and also, I want to talk with you a minute about your process, because people may not know this. You know, you mentioned uh, talking with a, a, a teenager that had a sighting, but this is what you do. I mean, you don't kind of sit there and Google something on the Internet and boom, there it is. Sure, you reference it. But you've actually talked to people. You've talked to people about what their experiences were. You know, 
what does it feel like to look in somebody's eyes that have that believe that they have just seen? Are you ready? One of the Mothman. What what is that like to be looking at somebody or talking to somebody and just just feeling that fear that they experience? I can only imagine what that's like for you. I don't even know what you do with all that. <laughs> well, it, I I consider it a privilege that people are willing to entrust these experiences to me, and I'm always a little bit in awe of them, although I'm always also kind of vetting them because once in a while there's somebody that's trying to pull my legs. So I have several different hats on at once. I'm still being the investigative reporter, and on the other hand, I'm thinking, wow, this person has lived with this thing very close to their psyche and their heart and their spirit, and now they're sharing it with me because very often people have had sightings that were maybe 10, 20 years ago, um, even two or three years ago, and thought they were the only one, thought they were crazy, have been in denial, and then they'll see one of my books or they'll be trolling the Internet looking for something related to it, and they'll find me, and they'll just say, I only wanted to tell someone who wouldn't think I was crazy because um, it's kind of a burden to think that you had this experience you can't share with anyone, and if you do start sharing it, people are very apt to make fun of you, although I think that happens less and less now as as um, cryptozoology has become more known, and it, it's come out that there are really a lot of people who see these creatures. It's, it's not a weird thing, and it's also really a misnomer. They'll, they'll be accused of being drunk or on drugs. Well, when you're just drunk or on drugs, you know, unless it's a special type of mushroom or something, you don't usually <laughs> see weird creatures. I mean, most, right. think of anybody who's ever had too much to drink. Did you see werewolves or did you just kind of, you know, zone out and, you know, fall asleep on your way home or, um, you know, it's it's not, that doesn't happen until you're in advanced stages of alcoholism and then it's likely to be giant insects or something else, you know. So um, I feel very privileged that these people have braved all of these possible pitfalls to confide in me, and I always allow them, if I have their contact information so I can prove they're a real person to my editors, um, I allow them to stay anonymous if they want to so that they don't have to risk that ridicule. And I'd say it's about 50-50 whether people want their names known or not. But um, oftentimes when they're telling me about their encounter, if it's, um, if it's, I'm lucky enough that it's a face-to-face one, and you're right, this is what I do. Um, I see them reliving the terror, yeah. and the emotions are crossing their faces. So oftentimes their face will just drain of blood, you know, and they'll just blanch like they had just seen it again. Or I've had witnesses start shaking or um, kind of tear up telling about it. And, um, and a lot of them come on emails, too. You know, I don't always get them face-to-face. And it's, believe it or not, this is not a high-income profession. I, <laughs> these are not the kind of books that end up usually on the New York Best Time Seller list. So I'm not funded to travel anywhere and everywhere something happens. I right. get to the ones that I'm able to, you know, that I can manage. But um, I, I'm not, you know, funded just to, to zip right. here and there. So um, I, I do field investigations when I can going and looking for evidence and keeping track. I, I've had a, an experimental one going with an area property owner for the last year where um, we keep putting out deer and then recording what happens on mm-hmm. uh, a series of trail cams, which has been very, very en- 
enlightening and interesting. Wow. Well, you know, one of the things I want to talk about when we come back from break is, you know, the the, the kind of conversation and, you know, the process that you use. Because, you know, and, you know, there are some of these, and I'll talk a couple of, I'll talk a little bit about a couple of them in the book. You know, whether we're looking at the Native American water spirits or we're looking at skeleton monsters or we're looking at the South Carolina lizard man, uh, and, you know, it doesn't really, it doesn't really matter. The level of detail by which you have described these situations and these creatures, for me, it is phenomenal. I mean, when I read some of this, I think to myself, I feel like I'm right there. You know, I feel like I'm right there with the Minnesota Iceman, right <laughs> with you. And that is, uh, oh, that is really beautiful because the way that you've gone about this in depicting and capturing the experience of people and getting right to the point about it, it's brilliant. That's why you are, you know, renowned for what you do. Linda Godfrey Thank joining you. me here today. When we come back, I want to tell you, uh, we're going to have Linda pick one from the book. You know, and we're going to talk about whether or not Anne Rice had it right. Did Anne Rice have it right? <sighs> Anne Rice. If you're not going to give Anne Rice credit for the whole vampire thing, that's a shame. Let's take a short break. We'll be right back. In the darkness of my heart Is a shadow of your face From the deepest part of my regret I hear the words I wish I'd said Tune in to Psychic Cup of Coffee with Kelly Sutliff every Tuesday, 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Kelly is a 14-year veteran of psychic ability, and she offers inspiration and comfort to those dealing with grief when they have lost a loved one, and also shares with people that the psychic world is very real. Call 1-800-930-2819 during the show with your questions and visit PsychicMediumKelly.com. That's PsychicMediumKelly.com. Hello, my name is Dr. Friedman Schaub. Anxiety can attack or creep up on us at the most inopportune moments, which makes us feel powerless and out of control. However, anxiety is a basic feeling that is created by our mind. Understanding some do's and don'ts about anxiety is a first step to demystify this emotion and regain control. The more we know about a challenge, the more we can find ways to overcome it. How would you like increased health and vitality? How would you like to avoid the onset of disease as well as slow the aging process? This is all possible through a simple, safe, and natural process. Every day we are either moving toward wellness or away from wellness. Hi, I'm Mary Jane Mack. I'd like to be your partner in achieving optimal health. Contact me now at MaryJaneMack.com or call 425-392-0659. Visit MaryJaneMack.com. We're excited about Galeo's Cafe and Galeo's dressings. All of the flavoring comes from a family tradition and recipe, and secondly, from people that love uh, to bring to the table, literally bring to the table, what I grew up with, and that is a lot of love and delicious ingredients. And when I first discovered it, it was about six or seven years ago, and what I loved about them was not only are they gluten-free, but 
They're made from some of the you know, most incredible natural ingredients. And more importantly, I just want to say is for many of us, low fat and sugar. I mean, no sugar. I mean, that's really what we're talking about here. Order your dressing today. Visit galeoscafe.com. That's G-A-L-E-O-S cafe.com. Welcome to Smile Big, nominee of Seattle's Top Dentist Awards. Here at Smile Big, we offer restorative, cosmetic, and preventative dentistry. Some of our regular dental services include tooth-colored fillings, crowns, bridges, implants, bleaching, cosmetic bonding, and complete smile restoration. Dr. James Rosenwald and Dr. Susan Aptoner won't be smiling until you are smiling. Call now to schedule a visit with Seattle's Top Dentists. Our number is 425-454-4040. You can even visit our website at smilebig.com. Grateful patients have been saying it for 25 years. When in pain, see Dr. Thane. Dr. Thane of Wellness One of Bellevue has been named one of the nation's top chiropractors by the Consumers Research Council of America, and for good reason. He has helped his patients recover their energy and vitality after car accidents, sports injuries, herniated discs, fatigue due to stress, the list goes on. The website is bellevue.wellness1.net. When in pain, see Dr. Thane. That's bellevue.wellness1.net. I can barely see the light. I make up memories in my head. They help to fill the emptiness you left. I can Hey, everybody. Welcome back. You know, when uh, when we received an advanced copy of the book American Monsters, a, you know, a history of monster lore, legends, and sightings in America by my very special guest today, Linda Godfrey. What a be- brilliant job she's done, you know, at this. Um, I thought Lin- Linda showed up and said, oh, you know, Lindsay, just send us the book because I know Pat's going to want to have this conversation. Uh, and and I'm, I'm so thrilled, Linda, that you said yes uh, in coming on the show. I mean, we are barely scratching the surface. Barely on what you've got in this book. So I want to leave this last segment, albeit short, up to you. What should we know? You should know that there are more of these creatures, and they are wider spread than anybody realizes, and we don't know what most of them are. That's the kind of crazy thing, because they often appear that they have weight and solidity and they're seen eating things and doing things. And yet, unlike the normal natural creatures that, nor- that we believe surround us, that will readily appear on trail cams or let themselves be shot with bullets or any of the other uh, natural things that, uh, by which we interact, with, unfortunately, with wild animals, these creatures are very, very different. If they show up on trail cams, it's as a column of mist or a blurry image or a blackout or not at all. And if they leave tracks, sometimes the tracks will have different numbers of toes. They will be different from the last tracks. We'll know they're not human. We'll know they don't belong to any other creature, but we don't know what they are. Pinky things happen to DNA samples so that we have, when we think we're just about to get the final confirmation of DNA, Everything goes awry and something is alleged to be contaminated or something doesn't, you know, just, just things get fouled up. It's, it's almost as if the trickster is behind the wings orchestrating it so that it can't be proven. And yet people...
people keep seeing them. And that that's what keeps me going is that they keep appearing. Every time I write a book, I think, that's it. I'm not going to get any more sightings. We're done now. Another flood comes in, and the same thing is happening with this uh, present book with American Monsters. I've got um, a growing stack of things that are flooding in, you know, that are going to have to be looked at and investigated and dealt with. But if I'm speaking to anybody who's had one of these experiences, and you're sitting there thinking, I must be crazy that I saw that thing with a 20-foot wingspan or that I saw a wolf walking upright out of the woods leering at me or that I saw Bigfoot, Please don't think that. And I'm not the only one taking these uh, reporting sightings. There mm-hmm. are some other really reputable good people. Stan Gordon in Pennsylvania is one. You can find his website in my book. Um, right. Lon Strickler with the Phantoms and Monsters website is another. And I'm kind of encouraged because I think there are plenty to go around for all the yes. investigators. And, and right. hopefully that way we can build a sort of database. One of the misconceptions that I think, and you really point this out in the book, and honestly, I can't remember which one it was. Maybe it was something like Little Man with Hair or something. Mm-hmm. One of the misconceptions is these monsters have to be gigantic, right? right. They have to be larger than life, right? I mean, it's hard to mm-hmm. imagine a werewolf that's three feet tall, right? Uh, because we like to see them larger than life. Yet, some of the scariest, uh, how do I want to say it? Some of the, I don't watch these movies, by the way. But some of the scariest movies ever created were not by were not about big monsters, but were about little creatures. You know, Poltergeist, uh, right. Chucky. I mean, these are crazy movies, but they were not big monsters. Where do we get this misconception about what monsters should and shouldn't be? Well, I think it's partly from. Um Hollywood. I think it's also partly from fear of anything that's larger than us that we, we kind of expect it. You know, if you look at Native American legends, they have monsters of the Wendigo, which was 20 feet tall or more, tall as the tallest pine trees and, and you know, a heart made of ice. And, and they also had many, many um, traditions about the little people, little mischievous, mischievous and sometimes quite lethal tiny, tiny people that would hide along um, shorelines or in trees and different places. And the interesting thing is that um, you'd think if people were reporting creatures because they're only influenced by media, that there would be all kinds of really gory, awful things reported that they would have, uh, you know, cool leather jackets on and, uh, you know, have this sort of romanticized (laughs) appearance like they do in the movies and TV. But really, over 90% of the upright canine creature sightings that I receive don't seem anything like this. They're about the size that a very large timber wolf could be, maybe uh, six to seven feet tall, standing up. The only thing that is at all different about them is they seem to have elongated paws, but they're still paws. They're not hands. You know, they've got muzzles. They've got ears. They've got, um, you know, uh, fuzzy hair. They're not anyone that you'd want to take you on a date. They, they smell very bad. <laughs> and, <laughs> and uh, you know, they're, just, they're not pleasant. But on the other hand, they also don't seem to, people will think they're going to be attacked or eaten, but then at the last second, whatever the creature is, it runs off or flaps off or dives off into the weeds or the cornfield or the lake, whatever's there, and does not attack. My books are not gore fest. They're not like the movies. 
Um, it's scary. The people see these creatures. They encounter them. They may have a, what they feel is a communication exchange, but um, I only have one record of somebody being hurt by anything in the 22 years I've been collecting these things. And then the man thought that it was a mistake on the creature's part, and he got kind of gouged just along his side, and it was fixable. But um, nobody's being attacked or anything else that I can tell, unless they just don't live to tell the tale, of course. Right, right. And, you know, it's fascinating. And, uh, boy, i, I got to tell you, I had just listened to you for hours and hours and hours uh, about this because your work is presenting uh, and witnessing a truth that somebody has experienced. And, you know, yeah. one of the things I learned and what I've studied along the way here, here in this last couple decades of my life here have been how important it is for us to witness the truth uh, of somebody else. Mm. And that's really what you've done. I mean, especially in scenarios like this. You know, when I, when I was 10 years old and I caused the greatest ruckus you had ever seen in, on Huntington Avenue in the Bronx, because I walked into a house and I saw families sitting there, looked like they were from the 40s or the 30s, all kind of in brown shade. The wow. gentleman had a hat on. The woman had old school dress on. And as a young child, I ran out afraid, went to my neighbor. They called the cops. That's how real that was. Wow. Uh, however, when the police came, there wasn't anybody in the house. Of all course. the doors and windows were locked, mm -hmm. so they couldn't have gotten out. They were locked from the inside by key because that's what we did in the Bronx. And I, to this day, can see the picture of that family, a man, a woman, and a child. So what you've done is given people a way to tell their truth and tell their story. And that is, I think, one of the most brilliant things that you do. Because the world we live in, we're really quick to call people crazy these days, Linda. You know what I'm saying? Definitely. Right. Right. Hmm. And. And like you were saying earlier, too, Dr. Pat, about um, what, coming out of a traditional religious background, yeah. the Bible is full of descriptions of monsters, demons, spirits of the air, powers that we contend with. Oh, and, psychics, too. Daniel, yeah, the psychic. Exactly. Exactly. And so um, that tells us that there's another world, and there are things that we don't normally see with our regular eyes, but that may appear and that we we may contend with from time to time. And I think that that's what a lot of these people feel that they're experiencing. Yeah. I've i got to thank you for a great show. i got to thank you. And I, well, thank I, you. I have a, about another minute left, and here's a question. What's your personal message? Linda, thank you. What would you like to leave us with today? And I hope you will come back. Oh, I'd love to come back anytime. Thank you. Um, I would just like to leave everybody with the fact that I truly believe there is far more to this world and this universe than we as little human beings with our finite, limited sense can know just from those senses. I think sometimes we can tap into other senses, but if you're just dealing with the five normal senses, you must know that there's, there's more beyond that, and our scientists have discovered that. Um, we know dogs can hear sound, you know, in a, in a higher register than we can. We know there are um, light waves that we can't see with our own eyes. So um, be open to that, you know. Just stay open and um, don't be so fast to put somebody down who's had one of these experiences because um, they just may have seen a glimpse into what everybody else would really like to know. 
Uh, yeah, I love it. Thank you so much. Thank You're you. You're welcome. My pleasure. Oh, amazing. Yeah, amazing book, everybody, American Monsters, for those of us out there that love to read about. Actually, some you know, factual stuff that uh, we thought uh, at some point in time in our lives we were losing our minds. Let's uh, take a short break. When we come back, get ready. They're here. They're in the house. Such a sophisticated guy. We'll see you in a little bit. Tossed, I tried to swim against Would you like to be a question with anything that comes up in your body or mind? Would you like to become totally aware and begin to function as the conscious being you truly are? Join Access Certified Facilitator Glenna Rice every month for a live teleclass where you can ask all of your questions and learn to create change in any aspect of your life. Visit GlennaRice.com today to learn more and don't miss the next call. Join the questionable conversation today at GlennaRice.com. Tune in to The Jen Royster Show, intuitive guidance to inspire your life, each Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific and 11 a.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. This amazing show is an inspirational hour that will take you on an epic metaphysical journey to discover the spiritual approach to life's greatest challenges. Dr. Jen is an internationally known intuitive counselor, spiritual teacher, and energy healer. Call in for intuitive readings and visit jenroyster.com for more information. Galios miso dressings are delicious and made with only the finest, freshest, and all-natural ingredients. Galios miso dressings are low in fat, sugar, salt, and carbohydrates. They do not contain any artificial ingredients or any wheat, eggs, vegetable gums, or MSG. What they do contain is astonishing flavor and silky texture that can only come from using premium quality ingredients. Order online with free shipping at www.galeoscafe.com. That's G-A-L-E-O-S cafe.com. Call the Oprah of radio by her listeners. Award-winning host Dr. Pat Basile is blowing the doors off of traditional talk radio. Get ready for an energizing delivery and powerful interviews with leaders in the field of human potential. Dr. Pat's fresh new perspective on living life full out has catapulted her show to the top of talk radio. Tune in and Dr. Pat will help you thrive instead of merely survive. Visit thedrpatshow.com. That's T-H-E-D-R-Patshow.com for listening times in your area. Psychic World, Wednesday, 8 p.m. Pacific, 11 p.m. Eastern with John G. Sutton, featuring his special guest, Countess Torella. One of Britain's most respected psychic mediums, John is an internationally published author, poet, and professional clairvoyant. His best-selling books include Psychic Pets, featured with John on the Walt Disney Channel, Animal Planet. Currently, John is the feature editor of the monthly Psychic World, which is the UK's Journal of Spiritualism. He has over 30 years of experience working in the field of paranormal studies. Countess Torella has an incredible ability to visualize your future in a positive, passionate way. This show offers all listeners the chance to call in and speak directly to John or the amazing Countess Torella. You can ask your personal questions about love, career, money, relationships, or whatever is troubling you in this often difficult life. What dreams may come? Join John G. Sutton and Countess Torella to discover your answer. See www.psychicworld.net. 